Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we're reviewing Devil Wears Prada, the book versus the movie, and we also have a guest. Please welcome back Mark to our podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me back. I always love coming on here and I'm very excited for today's topic. So for today's topic, we're going to be comparing the book and the movie. So let's start with just an overall impression. Which one did you like more? Did you like the book more or the movie more? For me personally, I love the movie and it's kind of hard to separate my love for that from the actual source material for it. Um, uh, I would say the movie, I think was, it went slightly more, um, though I did enjoy the book very much. How, how about for you guys? I agree. I honestly thought the book was too long. There's stuff in there that didn't need to be in there. And I think you could see that in what they cut to make the movie. Cause I do remember there was a pretty big like side storyline that just didn't make it. I would also agree with you all. I think that the movie is superior to the book, but I think that the reason why is because I think part of it might be because I saw the movie first. So maybe I have that connection to the movie over the book, but I don't know. I just feel like in the movie, the main character was so much less whiny than in the book. Like she just struck me as being very whiny in the book. Mark is nodding his head aggressively. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank, thank you for saying that. I felt like, um, I don't know, there are a lot of moments in the book where it felt like Andy may as well have been saying, I dare you to root for me. I dare you to find me like a rootable character. And like, I had a lot of compassion for her too, because, you know, obviously she was struggling a lot and I don't know how we would have handled a lot of the obstacles she dealt with. But some of her choices, I was definitely like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, she definitely was way more whiny in the in the book, which I wasn't really expecting to see. Leanne, any any comment on <laughs> on that? I was pulling up my notes and clearly I only wrote for like the first part of the book and then I gave up. But I think both of them were had things that were slightly problematic and definitely did not age well and would not have made it into things that were published today specifically from the book would be andy's comment about indian food and how she was sick of her clothes smelling from her roommates cooking and i'm like that it's just it's just not okay dude okay to make a comment on that i feel like she had some other commentary where she was like she lived in india for like a period of time or like visited there and she was always shading it and i was like what is your deal i was like why she was so weird about that i remember being equally surprised when i was reading her descriptions of her roommates and then when they left she was like i just wrote them a note saying good luck and i guess i'll never see them again and she kind of turned their nose up at them but what she was describing to me sounded like good roommates so i didn't get what her deal was Honestly, I just feel like the book Andy was really insufferable and I just didn't like her. The movie Andy had more redeemable qualities. It's interesting, too, because in the book, there's that whole sideline about her friend who's doing her master's or PhD in the whole Russian literature thing. And then her how her friends. What is she like an alcoholic or something? And then there's that giant car crash. 
and uh, watch out for spoilers as usual. Whoopsies. But just none of that was in the movie. And I was like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I feel like her friends in the movie, they were just like, we'll just have the audience not root for them at all either. (laughs) Because they were just like, the one scene from the movie that always sticks with me, um, including Andy's friends, was when she was meeting them at dinner. And she brought them all gifts like this. She brought one of them a phone. I think she brought Lily like some cutting edge phone at the time and a handbag. And they all just took them from her and none of them even said thank you. They were just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. And they maintained like, ugh, why do you have to work this job? <laughs> and it just, it was very, they never seemed like good friends to her in in the movie for me. Yeah, I feel like they always seemed like very entitled like they were like, oh, we're entitled to your time. We're entitled to these cool things you get from your job. So I can definitely see that where it just seemed like they never really understood what she was going through and were having a lot of trouble being there for her as a friend. I also thought it was kind of weird when they were at dinner. It may have been when Andy first in the movie when Andy first got the job when one of the friends who's a guy was like saying something about fashion. And then the other friend like called him a girl because he knew that. Yeah, there was definitely problematic stuff like that throughout the movie. Also, it got me so mad when Anne Hathaway, Andy, is like, I'm not skinny. And I was like, excuse me? Dude, I remember watching this movie with my mom way back in the day. And she, I think at that scene she turned to me and she said that is such a lie she literally is like what they would look for in hollywood she was like this is don't take this to heart like this is not accurate at all and i'm like it's just nice sometimes to have someone there to remind you of that because it is one of those things that like that media can kind of get to over time yes i think especially if you're watching it when you're younger because i think especially when that movie was coming out basically everyone looked like anne hathaway's Oh, yeah. Which, nothing's wrong with being that thin if that's just how you are. But, like, if you're that thin, I feel like it's a, not that I'm a professional, but it's a little bit of body dysmorphia to be going around being like, I'm fat. And there were constant comments. Like, when the the guy, who was he, Nigel, who was, like, taking her around, like, the, the room, and then he's like, well, I don't know if we have anything that fits you because you're not sample size or something. And I'm just like, this is just not great. Yeah, they they really never laid off with the weight comments toward Andy. It, it seemed like they were more heavy-handed with it in the movie than the book, from what I remember. Not that either are okay, of course. But, um... And then, like, in the movie, she eventually... There's a... Uh, what does Nigel call her? It, his nickname for her, I think, is Six. Like, referring to her size. And then she makes a comment that, you know, she went down a size in the movie. Like, that was like an achievement for her that she's succeeding at her job and she lost some weight, which was just, I don't know. I don't think that sends a great message, <laughs> um, especially given what she was going through at work. Yeah. Definitely things that don't age well. Definitely. One thing that I did notice as a similarity between the book and the movie though, was I feel like Miranda was portrayed very similarly in the book and the movie. I remember specifically the one scene about not leaving to go pee 
you cannot leave the desk. And I remember that being in both like the book and the movie where it was like you were expected to be there at all times. Which I mean, there's something to say about the workplace conditions at that place. I was like that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you should let your employees go to the bathroom. I don't know. But like, it seems like something that should be mandated that you let happen. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like Miranda was pretty consistently portrayed in in the movie and the book. And I think the same is also generally true of Emily, although I find that in the book she was maybe a little bit more humanized. I feel like she had more moments in the book where, or maybe just one single moment that I can remember, where she was trying to get Andy to understand, like, this is just how Miranda is. And, like, this is, when she's being really harsh, it isn't personal. She's just trying to, like, do her job and and get the work done. And so I feel like that moment was nice to see from Emily because in the movie she was pretty... Intense. She was pretty intense, thank you. And um, it was nice to see that, like, one small moment of her where she could kind of sympathize and be like I used to be in this position too but you just kind of got to lean into it and I feel like essentially said that that's why everybody I don't know everybody kind of leans into that assumption that she's just tough and she runs a tight ship and if you lean into it then you can go you can get ahead here and that's what everyone around her seemed to do I really think that Meryl Streep did a great job acting as Miranda. I think that her acting was like spot on. I have a question relating to both the book and the movie. Because the whole thing is, oh, Andy, work here for a year and then you can work wherever you want in publishing. And I just like, I just can't. I don't know anything about the publishing world, so maybe it does make sense. But like, I just can't rationalize how working as a personal assistant, you're not even a writer at a fashion magazine can end up being you at the New Yorker. I think it's more so like you can get the personal call in like, oh, I recommend that you hire this person. And that comes straight from the boss. No, I get that. I just think it's dumb because she wasn't even writing. Like, That's fair. That's fair. That's all. Like if she was writing like little summer hot take articles, like I'm like, at least you're writing something like it's related. I'm like, you're getting somebody's coffee. Like, and maybe it does work on it favors like that, so it, it could very well make sense. I could believe it being mostly favor-oriented. And I feel like you also got to see a glimpse of that when she was um, in her interactions with Christian later on in the book and the movie. Like, I felt like he would kind of pull strings for Andy in, in the same way. And it was just based on, like, the strength of their image and and who they knew and Christian I feel like is a whole lot and Alex I feel like are you know a whole other whole other part of the, the plot that we'll get into but yeah that's a good point I didn't even think about how little we saw Andy actually write um like in the job at all or, or just toward getting toward the New Yorker I think she was just dependent on that call so One question that I have for you all now is, are there certain companies that you feel like you could work there and then you could get a job anywhere nowadays? And if so, what would they be? Hmm. I don't know. I feel... uh, You go ahead, Leanne. No, I was just thinking, I feel like it would have to do 
like have to be industry specific. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, my first thought was also Google. Uh, for some reason, I feel like that's one. I, I don't know who doesn't recognize Google. I feel like that could get your foot in the door anywhere within that specific industry. And I, it made me think of the accounting industry. There's the big four like accounting firms that feel like occupy that same space where if you can get there a year, um, you can get a year of experience there. Um, then that kind of opens the door for you to, you know, get your CPA licensure. And then you have all those connections that you can kind of um, take with you to pretty much wherever you want to work, um, at least from what I've heard just throughout the course of my career. So yeah, I guess it does vary a bit from industry to industry. So I see what you all are saying about industry. However, I would argue that some of these are not even industry specific. Like let's say, for example, if you were a graphic designer at Google or you were a copywriter at Google, I think that people would still have the brand recognition where they would hire you in any other job within that field, not just a tech related job, because those are not necessarily tech related. So I think that like Google would probably be one of those, but I could see it for like other jobs that are maybe less, I don't even want to say large scale because I feel like some of these other companies are not necessarily less large scale, but I feel like for other companies that are less well-known in other fields, you probably wouldn't get the same recognition. Does that make sense? It, that definitely does make sense. So maybe we should get into the whole Alex and Christian thing. So what do, what are your thoughts on that? So I found that in the book, Alex, um, I felt more compassion for him than in the movie, where I feel like one could make the argument that he's one of, or I've heard the argument made that he's one of the antagonists to Andy from the way that he kind of hopes and expects her not to change as she gets more invested with her job as Miranda's assistant. Um, he's definitely a resisting force to that. And, um, you know, he doesn't want her to change, which is also true in the book, but you see more of his character and, um, you also get to see like what he's doing to kind of make their relationship successful and, you know, do things to make them work that you're seeing her not able to do because of her work responsibilities. So I think it was, he was definitely way less of like a, a villain in the book in that sense. Um, uh, did you guys have any thoughts on Alex? Honestly, I would agree with everything you said. I think that, in the movie he kind of has these unrealistic expectations where it's like he's always first and it's like there's definitely a level of prioritizing that needs to go into your life but sometimes with relationships it's a little bit of give and take and sometimes you're going to have to realize and recognize when you can't always be first and that's okay like sometimes you're going to have stages where the other person is going through something and you're not going to be able to be first in their life at that moment doesn't mean that they don't care about you it just means sometimes the priorities are a little different at certain points in time i agree with everything both of you said but also i was 
I think I put a little more blame on Andy than what I'm hearing because yes, say every work has a busy period or something like that, but also I really think she wasn't trying. Like she blew off multiple events. She literally like just didn't show up to the birthday. And it's like, yes, your boss is showing like demanding you do these things, but then it becomes a question of like, maybe you leave that place. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't <laughs> trying. I, I I would agree with that too. Um, I think their relationship was the thing that kind of confronted her with the reality of whether that job would be like, if she'd be able to upkeep the relationships in her life if she was to continue on that path the most. I feel like you saw that in their interactions. Um, ugh, there's this one... The one thing that Andy did in the book that irked me, I feel like the most, was um, it was when she realized she had to go to Paris. And from what I remember reading, she was really nervous to go. And in the book, she had that meant she had to have, she wouldn't be able to go on the trip to their hometown that she made Alex plan. And for some reason, she decided to frame this she the way she decided to tell Alex and Lily was by saying, I'm going to Paris. Isn't that so exciting? And I was like, where did this come from? Like, they knew you were struggling at your job. So why the sudden excitement while you also have this acknowledgement that you made him plan this trip? I that was I found that very confusing. Maybe there's a detail I'm forgetting. Um, but it's in thing it's in things like that that made me kind of it was it was tough to root for Andy in those moments. I'm like, you have to do a little bit better than that, I think. <laughs> I think that's where my problem came in because it's like, yes, it's not fair to expect her to stay the same, but also like she needs to put a little effort into the relationship. Like she can't just be doing whatever she wants, like, you know, going to Miranda whenever she calls at like 11 o'clock at night and expect Alex to not be upset about that. Oh, that's totally fair. That's like, this reminds me of sometimes I'll work past 3.30 and my contractual time is until 3.30 and then my boyfriend will yell at me. He'll be like, stop working. It's past 3.30. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Sometimes I need that reminder. I appreciate you for that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard too. Like I say this and then if I was Andy and Miranda called me, I'd be like, okay, I'm on my way. So it's a lot easier to tell her, like tell her to stick it to Miranda and not go. But yeah, maybe that's part of her. Andy's growing up is that she needs to get to the point where she's like, no, my hours are over. Like, book your own flight. Yeah, I think it's also kind of the fear about Miranda where it's like she relies on this for like the future of her career, even though it's not even a writing position, as you all have so greatly pointed out. Um, I just feel like she has this fear where it's like, if I disappoint Miranda, all of this time will have been for nothing, which is kind of hard to cope with. Yeah, that I don't blame her for that. And I feel like I also, in my frustrations with Andy, I was also minimizing, you know, the challenges of just of what her job seemed to be. Um, I've never had a job where my direct supervisor would just berate me in the way that Miranda would on a regular basis. So I can't say that I would be cool with that. Like, for like one month, let alone the almost year that she made it there. So that was 
that was another thing. And to deal with that and Kaylee, as you pointed out, that pressing question of, you know, will this be for nothing if if I don't stay here the year? Um, that that must have been really challenging. And I think another part of it too is like we as readers could be like, yeah, you can go and get another job, but what if it's the middle of a recession and she can't go and get another job? You know, so I feel I feel like that's my sympathy towards Andy is just these what ifs where it's like, what if she didn't do everything Miranda said? What if she couldn't get another job? But I will say my sympathy kind of dies when it comes to her character, where she's just constantly whining and being like, oh, poor me and having these very selfish moments. I think that that's kind of where my sympathy ends. And I'm like, that's not a circumstantial problem. That's a you problem. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard when you are in a tough work situation. And if you actually can't leave, I don't know Andy's like specifics. Like, could she have just gone somewhere else and wrote for like a local newspaper? Maybe. It's not as glamorous. She won't get fast tracked in New Yorker. But like, I don't know what her actual options were. But it's like this weird thing of like, I'm frustrated with her and she annoys me. But also having a really bad work situation is awful to get up and deal with every day so that's tough too and i think it can also affect like your personality like you can just be in a bad mood from that and then that trickles down to the friends and whoever the who is it alex yeah i agree i feel like you can definitely see the effects of that in somebody because you know it's hard not it can be hard for that to not consume your entire life because, you know, it's your entire livelihood. And if it's in that bad of a situation, I think that's definitely going to, other people are going to see that for sure. And as a tangent to that, I think also it's one of those things where if you're in a bad situation, sometimes you can be dealing with the trauma from that situation and not have the energy to go and leave, you know, especially with how Miranda would treat her. Like, it was, it was pretty, that was pretty rough. Especially if you're somebody who has like people pleasing tendencies. I know that it would be hard to recognize that and then redirect your effort to be like, I'm going to leave. I think also though, there there's a line, right? I feel like Andy should not, it's easy, again, it's easier said than done, but like she, she should not put up with like this workplace abuse from her supervisor. Like this isn't just like her supervisor has a bad day. And then it's just done with like, it's like persistent for the whole time she's there. And it's just like, I think like Kaylee's saying, sometimes it's hard to navigate that whole situation. And sometimes you just want to just get through it instead of doing anything. But yeah. Also, can we talk about how Alex totally changed careers in the book versus the movie? What was that? (laughs) He's some chef or sous chef or something in the movie, right? Mm hmm. And then in the book, wasn't he like... I want to say he was a teacher, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, he was, because there was a time when Andy called him. She's like, it was my only 15 minutes, and he wouldn't pick up the phone. And it's like, he's teaching children, Andy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a factor that humanized Alex more for me in the book than in the movie. Because in the book, it's like, oh, you know, he's so dedicated to his job and to making this work. And I think just knowing... um, how difficult being a teacher is at all um that worked in his favor i think and then you'd see in the movie he would one scene that irked me with him is 
Um, Andy was venting about her job uh, at their shared apartment. And Alex makes the saddest looking grilled cheese I've ever seen. It was like, oh, there's like $7 worth of Jarlsberg in there. And I'm like, where? I, I, I don't know. Just because it made in a cast iron skillet, it's suddenly gourmet. I don't know. <laughs> I saw that too. I was like, that thing looks like there's like one piece of cheese in there. Yeah, you need to, like, there needs to be spillage on the sides in order for me to even consider eating it. So let's let's start there. <laughs> also, who, like, if you make dinner for somebody, even if it's like a sad little dinner, because I don't know, let's say you're tired or it's late that day. Who goes up to the person and be like, this costs this much, so you better like it and eat it? <laughs> That's wild. I will say, near that scene, the scene when Andy is, I guess she was going on a run because she eventually puts up. But like when she put a tank top on and then another tank top on, and I was like, this style choice is like just so dated to the 2000s. Oh, yes. <laughs> Like, I'm like, why are you wearing two tank tops? And there are two, like, relatively form-fitting ones. It's not like you wear, like, a cami and then, like, a loose, flowy one. She was wearing, like, two tank tops that you could wear as a cami. And I just don't understand. Another moment I feel like that lives in my head in a similar vein is when she starts taking her job more seriously in the movie and there's a fashion montage of her outfits changing as she's going into the office. I love rewatching being like, that's a good outfit. That's still a good outfit. This one is not. This one isn't. That one is. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because that's one of my favorite parts of the movie too. Because I feel like my mom and I would always watch this movie together when I was younger. And it would be to critique the fashion. That would be what we would watch it for. We'd be like, okay, what do you think of this outfit? What do you think of this outfit? And that would be like a big part of watching the movie. I just love a good montage scene. For sure. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? It was also interesting reading the book. I felt like, you know, she drove home the point that fashion really wasn't her thing. Um, like, obviously, but she, it was written with so many references to designers that, and styles that I had never heard of. And I mean, that obviously can come with more, you know, the more exposure, exposure she got. But I would, there would be moments where I would read and be like, oh, like, is that a, that they must be a fancy designer because, because I've never heard of them. (laughs) But she with her little fashion knowledge did. I feel like the thing that was weird about it was like, even at the beginning, she was mentioning fashion designers who I didn't know. And I was like, so you have no interest in fashion, but you know, these people, I kind of like fashion at least a little bit. And I'm like, and I don't even know who they are. This is suspicious. Exactly. And that. I feel like that played into her general attitude of the fashion industry because in the book, it seemed like she was really, you know, generally tall and lanky. And other than the comments about her weight, it seemed like she was joining an industry that would be other, that would otherwise like really embrace her, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And there was kind of this attitude where she thought she was better than it the whole time, but we didn't really get to see the other side of like, well, why do you think that you're better than this? Like, what about your character is so above this? And I feel like that didn't really, you didn't quite get to see that full picture until, I guess, like the end of the book. <laughs> I agree. There's definitely a lot of she thought she was better than everyone else there. I think that's what made her so hard to like as a character. 
the book Andy, I just was not having it. Okay, I'm also still not over the whole Alex changing careers thing, book to movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to bring this up again because there was just there was something else I needed to say on it. And I think that part of the reason why is because when she was talking about the work that he was doing in the book, it was always so much like, oh, he's so caring. He's going and he's doing these things that are like above and beyond and taking care of people. And it just made him seem like such a good person where I know we didn't see that as much in the movie because even though it was like, yeah, he's the chef and he's got this fancy chef job, it was not the same Alex in terms of how he treated people. You didn't see that in the movie. Not at all. When you said that, Kaylee, made me think of another quick scene in the movie where, again, it was around the time of the fashion montage. She showed up to his work like at the end of his shift and she was wearing... She looked great. She was, you know, in her designer outfits and whatnot. And she was waiting by his car. And he made a comment like, oh, like, we better get out of here before my girlfriend sees. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, who is this person? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely two very different Alex's. Also, I don't understand how he would have so much time to, like, go out to dinner with them and always be home if he was a chef. Because he would be working late all the time. That is a good point. He he did like his friend dinners, which is fine, but it's like when when do you work? <laughs> I think that happens a lot in movies and TV shows where these people have jobs, but they're never at their jobs in the hours that someone is supposed to be at their jobs, or if they are, it's like for one scene. It's the Hollywood glamour. Um, what did we think of Lily? I feel like she was barely in the movie compared to how much she was in the books. Yeah, I completely agree. She, and I think she had a pretty big, um, from the little we saw her in the movie, I think she had a pretty different career. I think she was like an artist or something in the movie, right? She had a gallery opening, if, if I remember correctly. One thing that I did kind of appreciate about Lily in the movie was I feel like she was always trying to keep Andy more accountable for how she was changing in ways that were not necessarily positive. I specifically think about that one scene where they're at the art gallery and she has that like little scene with Christian where she's like, that was work, you know? And she's like, what are you doing? This is not the Andy I know. Although I do have to say, I didn't necessarily like how she went about it, but I do think that she was trying to keep her accountable. Like when she called her a glamazon or something, I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I I think that she, you know, that was that was coming from a good place, even though the execution may have been a little misguided. And and there was a I think the comparable moment from the book was Andy and Lily were going out to dinner. It might have been for her birthday. I don't quite remember. But they ran into Christian while they were out. And it was while Andy and Alex's relationship was, it was rocky. And Lily, I think, knew that Andy was kind of feeling Christian or that, you know, their relationship may be in trouble. So I feel like she really encouraged Andy to flirt with Christian. And then she would turn around and be like, see how much you enjoyed that. And I was reading that I just remember thinking okay there are other ways to to drive this point home to her you could have just 
even just asking, you know, how are things going with Alex? You seem a little bit, things seem a little bit tough for you. Are you okay? Instead of just shoving her into the arms of a potential love interest while they're still in a relationship. I just, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Was it Lily in the movie who, when Andy was giving out all the gifts, was like, your job is awful, I don't want this, as she's, like, transferring stuff from her old purse into her new purse? Because when I saw that, and at that moment, I just decided I didn't like her. So I just didn't like her for the rest of the movie. (laughs) I think that's the correct point where (laughs) you kind of, um, where she loses her likability in the movie, because it was the same point for me, pretty much. I would agree with that. I just think it's interesting how, based on the discussion, it seems like movie Andy is better. But, like, potentially her friends slash boyfriend were better in the book. I think that's a pretty fair summary. Yeah, I guess just overall thoughts of the book, the series, that whole jazz. Reading the books after being so, you know, after liking the movie for such a long time it was nice to see a more complete picture of a lot of the characters like like Andy her friends and who the book chose to highlight in terms of character I felt there were some pretty big differences from the movie one thing I didn't mention at all was Nigel is not in the book at all (laughs) like he just comes in he'll say his piece in all caps and then we'll just be off and we won't see him again but he's like a central figure in the movie and I won't go on to that tangent right now but it was interesting to see those different highlights and and see those multiple perspectives so I enjoy both for for that reason personally for me I think I enjoyed the movie a lot more than the book I don't know if it was just because I could see all the fashion, but I think for me, I found the movie a little bit more enjoyable just because I still am not over the whiny Andy. It's so hard when you have an unlikable main character. I just, oh, it's tough. I think it's funny because I did have a note when I was watching the movie. I says, I don't think there was a Nigel in the book, but I like him. So there are my thoughts on Nigel. <laughs> I think overall, I think... They're both generally enjoyable. I think the movie is slightly better in my opinion, but I think for the both of you, or definitely for Kaylee, I think part of how much you like the movie is the nostalgia element that's tied into it. Because for me, I think the movie was just kind of okay. Like it was enjoyable. I had a good time, but it's like it, I think it didn't have the nostalgia element to like push it over the edge. Unpopular opinion, I don't really think much happened in the movie. What about all the montages? Those just meant nothing for you, Leanne. I mean, in terms of a plot, not much happened. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's definitely part of the nostalgia. But I still like the movie. Still like it. It is it is problematic. But I think the nostalgia for me makes me still like the movie. I'm right there with you, Kaylee. Like, this movie still, <laughs> still holds a place in my, pot, in my heart. And I kind of... I had a sneaking feeling that, you know, Leanne, uh, it wouldn't like it as much as we do because I think back to like the Hallmark lines in the movie of like, um, I don't know, like some of the quotable movie moments are just like objectively not good lines. Like when Nigel says, uh, 
Andy says, oh, well, I'm a six. And then Nigel goes, which is the new 14. <laughs> and we're over here just like, ah, oh, this movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so good. So I think, yeah, the nostalgia component, I think, is is a strong factor for me as well. I think this is interesting, though, because we're going to do another rewatch later in the season with Layla for She's the Man. Which we watched a lot, like, you know, when we were younger in high school and stuff. And I think that could be the same thing where I'm like, the nostalgia, like, I love this movie. And then rewatching it for the first time in a very long time, I could theoretically watch it and then be like, oh, there's some things that aren't good in here. And I think it will be kind of the same effect where you're like, you know, it's not good, but you still kind of like, I kind of love it. Not the not good lines, just the movie in general. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'll be a fun episode. I'll I'll be tuning into that for sure. Well, thank you, Mark, for joining us. Our next book club is going to be Finley Donovan Jumps the Gun by El Casamano, and that will be dropping on July 3rd. We hope you enjoyed this episode on The Devil Wears Prada. A little comparison between the book and movie. We'd love to hear which one you liked the most. And your thoughts on any of the characters or anything we discussed, so you can send us an email to zillennialspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at zillennialspodcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts.